0: If you have your copy of God's word, whether it be electronic or in paper, would you join me in Psalm 14? Psalm 14, the 14th Psalm in the Old Testament. Psalm 14. We'll read all seven verses. It's projected on the screen. I ask that you keep a spirit of reverence. It is good to see everyone It is good to see new faces I haven't seen in a while. It's good to see you all. And we encourage you to continue to invite people. We still got enough space here, social distancing and mask wearing. Continue to invite others and come and worship with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Hear the word of God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there is any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know Nothing. They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. Verse five and six is this, but there are there there they are overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. Let me read, the, let me read this again. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. And the last verse is this uh, um, verse um, seven. All that salvation for Israel will come out of Zion when the Lord restores the fortune of his people. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad, the word of God for the people of God. As you take your seat, I want to preach from this subject this morning. Don't you be a fool. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't you be a fool. Be a fool. Turn to the other one and say, don't you dare be a fool. fool. Sean Mendes, for those of you who keep up with pop culture, had a song that was named the breakup song of the past couple years. The song title, Don't Be a Fool. The chorus of the song goes something like this. You've got my heart, but I can't let you keep it, baby. Cause I won't be sure that I can stay. Don't waste your time trying to pull me in. Cause I'm just a mess. Don't wanna, don't wanna fix, just promise Promise me one thing that you won't forget. But for now, kiss me softly before I say, Don't you be a fool. It's funny how a break of song that most of us can identify with can speak the gospel without knowing that it's speaking the gospel. See, Sean Mendez is making this contrast about him looking at a girl that loves him, but is telling the girl, girl, you know I ain't about this life. I'm about hit it and quit it. I'm not there on a permanent basis. I'm just trying to leave. Don't try try to keep me around, because if you're trying to do so, you're being a fool, because I won't stay around. Now, it's so funny, because he's calling the person that loves him a fool, because he knows that he won't stick around. See, similarly, in the contrast that we see in the Psalm 14, there is a contrast between the wicked and the fool. The fool clearly says in his heart there is no God. Because even though God wants to stay around, they are saying, God, I don't want you around. Let me do me. Let me live my best life now. Because God, you'd be a fool to want to stay with me. But aren't you glad this morning, before I, I, I get preaching up in this place, aren't you glad this morning we serve a God that still yearns after you even though you call him a fool? I, I, okay, I just missed it. Aren't you glad this morning that you serve a God no matter how deep, no matter how far you have gotten? He's still like a fool coming after you. I love the song that says, I'm chasing after you. It isn't it is, it is us who chase after God, it is God. Who just is after us? But see, understand this morning, there's a contrast clearly here between the wicked and the righteous. As we've been seeing in this series, Summer in the Psalms, that we are looking into the sum of those wisdom psalms that basically enable us to look, to look deeper and closer to analyze where we stand with God. See, Psalm 14 deals with the character of what you would call a practical atheist. A practical atheist is none other than somebody who may be sitting here or watching online, but they grow up in the church, they know the word, but they decide to turn their back away from God. And they say, you know what? I don't want this God. This is the God of my grandmother. This is the God of my mother. I don't want this God. Let me do me. See, this psalms deals with the practical conduct of the practical um, atheists. But see, psalms 14 does not stand alone. It only adds to the message of psalms 10 and 12. Those three psalms together gives you a vivid picture of what the ungodly looks like. Are you all with me? Can I teach the Bible real quick? And psalm 10 you see that they displayed their proud attitude. And some 12, they now, you see their corrupt deeds. But see, and and some 12, you see their deceitful words. And some 14, you see their deceitful, their corrupt deeds. All that they are saying and do from their arrogance and from their ignorance is that they believe that there is no God. See, just because you come to church and wear the right clothes and say the right thing doesn't necessarily mean that you believe there is a God. A lot of people think that religion and God are the same thing. A lot of us are good at religion, but we have no relationship with God. Because every time you and I turn around, we do us. We're basically a fool who says, there is no God. As a matter of fact, you know what you said? I am God. Isn't, isn't that what America te- teaches us? You are the captain of your ship. You are the, you are the one who dis- will determine your, your, your future. You do you. I mean, as a matter of fact, let, let, let me parenthetically say this. Everybody got their truth nowadays. Every opinion is a truth. It's my truth. Can I tell you, every time you say those things, you are literally saying, there's no God. Because you know how I know you said this? God said, Jesus says, I am the truth, not a truth. I am the truth, the way, and the life. So if I say I have a truth that contradicts what Jesus says, I'm basically saying I am a God. And there is no God. So just be aware of that. Now, can I continue to teach the Bible real quick? Psalm 14 and some three, are, and some 53 are identical. They are basically the same thing repeated twice. And I asked myself, and and I remember like uh, um, one of my mentors says to me, he says, Perry, can I tell you something? God does not waste words. If something is repeated, it's because God wants you to remember it. I got one witness. Let me say say it again. If you're reading the Bible and it says, holy, 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 it's God's way of saying that, no, 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 I want you to focus right there. If Psalm 14 is the repetition of Psalm 53, then there's a message in there for us. I mean, there's only 150 psalms. So if one of them is almost like a duplicate, then there's a message for us to learn there. Now, see, there's only two changes that between Psalm 53 and Psalm 14, where the, they use, Psalm 53 uses God, Elohim, instead of Jehovah, Right? And, and that's the first change. And in and, and uh, chapter 14, verse 6, um, with the addition of verse um, 5, contrasts the workers of iniquity in Israel with the godly remnant, which will be the generation of the righteous, who sought God and obeyed the terms of his covenant. See, the problem here in the context of the psalm is that during, du- during the, the, the reign of King Saul, the spiritual level of the nation went down. You guys can make the same parallel as we look down in the society. It doesn't matter who's elected. As we're mourning about Haiti, it seems like the spiritual level of people are going down. Yes, there's a remnant, but people are going down. So when Saul was in power, the spiritual level of nation went very low, and many Jews decided to follow the bad examples of their king. But even in the worst of time, God has cared for its faithful remnant and has been a refuge in times of trouble. That's why, as much as our hearts can be broken, we cannot lose hope. So now there are three things that I want to I want you to note and I'll take my seat. When it comes to the practical atheists or the fools that says there's no God, here's the thing. To ignore, number one, to ignore God is Intentional foolishness. Let somebody says intentional foolishness. They ignore God. Literally, it's the term that says willful folly. So our English word fool comes from the Latin word that says below, suggesting that the fool is a person full of hot hair. No, hot air. It's somebody with nothing. That's what the word implies. But in the Hebrew language, there are three words that describe a fool. Number one is the word keso. It, it's like the, somebody was dull. Like, you know, I, I know I know my kid's going to get after me, but it would be like somebody was stupid. Like they say stupid fool. That, that, that's the term right there. And the second word is the word iru. Right? It's the person who's unreasonable. It's somebody who's like a perverted fool. But the word we got here, it, the word that's used that says there's no fool is the word Nabal. If you, if you follow the Bible, you know this. Abigail married, Nabal. Abigail married Nabal, right? Nabal was the dude that David says, I protect you, give me some. He says, nah, right, right? And, and, and David was going to kill him. But Abigail being wise, that's a good name to give your daughter for if you, if those of you having kids. Uh, um, Abigail being wise, Abigail went ahead of her foolish husband and gave David what David needed. And ne- N- Nabal ended up being dead, and guess what? David married Abigail. So any Abigail in this place? Whatever you do, don't marry a Nabal, all right? So the word Nabal here is, the, is a Buddhist person who is like a stubborn animal. That's the word you use here. And and, and see, people who say there is no God are not necessarily lacking normal intelligence. In fact, they may have good minds. However, what they are lacking is spiritual wisdom and insight. See, the Nabal fool has a moral problem in the heart, not a mental problem in the head. Let me, let me say that again. The fool who's in the bar, their mind are right. It is their heart that's got the problem. See, that's why you got to check your heart. Because you can be a brainiac. You can be the smartest man on earth. But if you ain't got no Jesus, I feel like preaching right now. If you ain't got no Jesus, you're none but a fool. You can be the richest men on Earth. But if you ain't got no Jesus, you're a of fool. As a matter of fact, you can be the most powerful man on Earth. If you ain't got no Jesus, you're number on the ball. So now here's the thing: for you and me, we have to make sure that we are avoiding the nabals of the of the world, and then also to make sure that we are not becoming the balls ourselves. See, the no fools are self-righteous, and they don't want no God. See, the American evangelist—y'all don't. Most most of you, you, you probably don't don't know this name. But there's this evangelist called Billy Sunday. He died back in the early 1900s. He died, and, but he used to say this: sinners that can find God, uh, he says this that sinners can't find God for the same reason criminals cannot find cops because they're not looking. I've never seen somebody who's gonna break into somebody's house call 911 and say, meet me there before I get there. They They don't say that. But see, if you look all around, God is present. As a matter of fact, the very breath that you are breathing Testify that there's a God. I mean, you, you imagine last night you went to bed. Some of you won't feel like there's no tomorrow. Won't feel like for those of you who are American, they've snoring. And, and, and some of you even drool. Now, you don't even know that you did. As a matter of fact, some of you woke up in the middle of the night, you flip your pillow aside because you drool so much. I know, DJ, I know you. That's true. But It happens. Right? But, but see, here it is. While all this is happening, you are lost. You don't even know what's happening. And you woke up the next day, you have the audacity to say, I don't want to thank God for waking me up this morning. You're on a ball. You're on a ball. See, the boss fools are self righteous and they don't need or want God. They want to live their lives their own way. They want to do what pleases them. See, their problem is willful ignorance, not a lack of normal intelligence. Here's what uh, 2 Peter um, 5 says. For they, the Nabals, they deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens exist long ago. And the earth was formed out of water and through the water by the word of God. You you guys do understand. God spoke and it happened. It was no Big Bang Theory. Let me me do a shameless plug for for Dick and know, If you want to know what's happening, how to defend your faith and know all these things, he has a Sunday school class every Sunday morning, 9.30 on Zoom. He'll give you the number afterwards if you don't have it. But, but understanding this, see, God spoke, and it happened. It was no big bang theory. He was no monkey that, I, I mean, it's so funny how humans evolve out of monkey, they say. But I'm still waiting for a monkey to turn into a human. I'm, st- I'm still waiting. We, we, we supposedly evolve out of monkey. Out of monkeys, right? But, I mean, I'm 40 years old. I've yet to see a monkey evolve into a human being. But yet, fools go on and believe that. I, I, just, I say I say it, right? Oh, let me, you are, well, if I offend you, no, balls, go and believe that. See, this decision causes sad consequences in both their character and their conduct. By living God out of their lives, the Nabals, they cause the inner person to become more and more corrupt. Notice people who have no God. Their hearts become more, becomes more corrupt. Their mind becomes more corrupt. Their wills become more corrupt. How do you think people behave the way so ruthless in their dealings? I mean, just because somebody looked good doesn't mean that they do good. the 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 Hebrew word for corrupt that, that that's used it, it's the it's the word rotten. You you know when the milk gets real bad. You you know what I mean like when when the color in the bottom of the gallon changes, and it's about to explode. That's what happens to the fool that says in his heart, there's no God. Their mind, their hearts, their desires become rotten. Because understand this, folks, apart from God, there's nothing good that you can do. Those of us who are Christians, saved and baptized by the Spirit, some of you some of you speak, even speaking, speaking in tongue. But you're still doing some, nasty, some crazy stuff. Imagine somebody who don't know God. And somebody would deliberately say they don't want to honor God. See, when God looks to, down to investigate, he sees a people that are filthy. He sees a people that refuse to fulfill the will for which it created for men. See, God says in Ephesians 2, it says this, I set good works for you to do in advance. See, see how good God is? God says, I'm saving you, but I'm preparing things, good things for you to do even before you show up, even before. But see, we look in our hearts by our behaviors, by our conducts. We says, we say, Ain't no God, because I want to do me. We refuse to glorify the Creator. And that speaks of human depravity. See, this indictment, as far as we turn away from God, it's for all people, all individuals, all together. We cannot do anything at all that is good enough to merit heaven. No one, not one, Paul says this, not one in Romans 3. Human depravity doesn't mean that all persons are wicked as they can be, but what it means is that we are all or or equally bad, or no man or woman can do anything good. It simply implies that we are a fallen nature that they cannot change. We cannot change ourselves. Have you ever seen somebody who was a drunk? Somebody who was a drunk? Somebody who was a drunk addict? They said, I want to quit. I want to quit. And then only for them to get back to it, unless they admit that they really want to change and seek help from something else or someone else, they can't change themselves. How do we think that we can change ourselves and get to God apart from God? I don't want to belabor there, but not only in the first instance, we see that to ignore God is intentional foolishness. But secondly, are you ready to meet God? In verse 4 and 6, it pressed down this question. It says, have they no knowledge, all evildoers, Who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God. There they are in great terror, the ESV version says, for God is with the generation of the righteous. You you would shame the plains of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Here's what happened here in the text. Let me break it down real quick. There's a sudden fear when they meet God. The question is: As big boss, as ballers, as you may think you are, has all that you may think you are, away, apart from God. But here's the thing: biggest, smallest. For those of you who don't know, the greatest rapper we ever played. It says, "Are, are you ready to die? Are, are you ready to die? Because when you die, I guarantee you. I, I, I went. I went to uh, to to um. I, I went to this barbecue on Fourth of July, and and and. I met it was, it was a family thing and 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 I met one of one of my family relatives he says he knows I'm a pastor I'm wearing this t-shirt. My wife says, wear this t-shirt that says Jesus, you know, it says only one name and says Jesus in the back and all characteristics of Jesus. And I purposely, because I got a lot of unsafe family, they watching, y'all need Jesus. But um so so then um one of them says, and I haven't seen them in, in 12 years. It says, Man, I don't believe in heaven." I said, you know, trying to get a rise out of me knowing that I'm a pastor. I'm sitting there, you know, sit, I'm standing there, I'm like, okay. So I, I said, ah, come on, my wife goes to church and when, he go, when she goes to church and, but, you know, but me, I, I, I know heaven is right here, right now, you know, I'm like, okay. And I said, he just made himself into my sermon illustration. And then when he was all cool and collected, I pulled I, I, I pull him, I said, you don't believe in heaven? I said, let me tell you something. Whether or not you believe in heaven, I believe in eternity. I said, one thing I know, this body will decay, but my soul is eternal. And what I know the scripture says is that the people who are unrighteous, who die without Christ, they will be able to see me with Jesus chilling, sipping on a virgin piña colada. (laughs) And he laughed. And he says, you know I was just trying to get a rise out of you. I said, you just make yourself into my swimming illustration. But see, the point is simply this. A lot of us think this. We are living as if we have only one life to live. But the reality of it is this. We have to be ready to meet our God. There's a British agnostic, uh, um, a philosopher who said this. His name is Bertrand Russell. He said, uh, um, What would he, um, uh, uh, um, he was asked, someone asked him, What would he say when he died? He suddenly found himself standing in front of God. What, what if, you know, what, what would he say? He replied, He says, He would say to God, You did not give us sufficient evidence. And somebody goes, This. If the heavens above us, the earth beneath our feet, the wonders of natures around us, and the life and conscience within us do not convince us of the existence of a wise and powerful creator, how much more evidence must the Lord give you? In other words, you don't even need a Bible. Psalms 8 says this, The heavens and the earth declares, they testify that there is a God I don't know about you, but have you ever wondered how come the sun rises every morning? Have you ever wondered how come if the sun were to go one inches closer to the earth, we all would be burned? But somehow, someway, there is a God, there is a God who holds creation Upon his hands, there is a God who says to the sun, you know what, I don't, want I don't want them to be burned. So therefore, you remain where you are. Have you ever wondered when it's really hot and humidity of Florida and you crack your window open, but there's a breeze that comes in. It's better than the AC. Have you ever wondered that when it's too hot, the sun still goes to sleep. At night, the moon comes, and the moon is only a reflection of the sun because the sun still shines. You cannot tell me there is no God. An atheist, an atheistic um, Russian um, astro- a- astrologist uh, um, said, Next time he's in space, he would look carefully. Last last time he was in space, he looked carefully, and he didn't see God. Someone replied to him, If you had opened the door of the space, uh, I'm sure, a capsule, you would have met him. The time comes when God and the sinner suddenly meet. See, the thing is this, as long as you are breathing, and Pastor Clevo in his sermon this morning said this, as long as you are breathing, there's still grace available for you. But when you breathe your last breath, you meet God, whether you want to or not, you're going to meet him face to face. See, the thing is, you have to make your reservation right now. As a pastor over the past five and a half years, six years, I've buried um, five-month-old baby. I've buried premature baby. I've buried 18-year-old. I've buried 25-year-old. Yesterday, I went to a funeral of a 37-year-old. You're going to meet your maker. You're going to meet your maker one way or the other. Now, here's the thing. Are you going to meet him as friend or as enemy? See, verse 4 Gives us two more indictments on these fools. See, this is what they do they take advantage of the weak and the poor. And the second thing, they don't call upon the name of God. That's two more indictments, that's two more facts, that's two more uh, um, things that the evidence that, that's brought before, uh, against them. See, to eat the people like bread is a biblical metaphor for exploiting the helpless. I mean, you don't have to look in the news. You don't have to look at Haiti. It happens here too. Politicians, you know, loan shock, lenders, banks with malpractice, schools that overcharge and, 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 and financial aid. And, and, and that's taking advantage of the helpless. People must never use people, people. must never be used as a means to an end. We should never treat each other like consumer goods. Goods. Eugene uh, Peterson, the guy who, who wrote the Message Bible, he says this: Instead of them praying to God, the wicked prey on the godly. That's what it looks like. I mean, as we pray for Haiti. Pray for the church in Haiti. Pray for the church. Not only they don't lose hope, but they, they, can, they can stand firm and still, even in the midst of where people are turning their, back away, their backs away from God, for them to continue to stay firm, no matter what happens to them. See, but when the Lord suddenly appears in judgment, he, identifi- he identifies himself with the remnant of the faithful believers. See, we don't know what David, what even David is referring to, but the passage parallel in fifty suggests that it was after a great military that left all the enemies dead, unburied, and therefore there was a great humiliation. In other words, when God meet those who take, who, who took advantage of the poor, who took advantage of us, and God gonna they, when they meet God, there will be an humiliation. But see, those of us who stand firm and still with God, we will not be known as fools. We will be identified with the remnant, and therefore we will be with God forever. That's a hope. Take that to the bank. Take that with you. Take that everywhere you go knowing this. No matter what happens, if you remain with God, you will be with Him forever. God is and the generation of the righteous God is in the generation of the righteous let me say it again God is in the generation of the righteous here is the good news you can make yourself righteous only through Christ Jesus you can be righteous so if you got Jesus God is with you I wish I had a witness God is in the generation of the righteous God is their refuge when the enemy attacks and God will protect his own people ADT can I protect you. Vivint, can I protect you. I mean, I don't know the other security. Comcast can I protect you. They can't protect you. But here's what I know. I go to bed, I pray. I lock my door. Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord encamps around me. Because God protects me. Not only we see in the first instance that to ignore God is intentional foolishness. And secondly, are you ready to meet your God? But lastly, here's what awaits the fool a joyless future. Do you know why they have a joyless future? Because they have no God. Okay, let, 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 let 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 me say it again. They have a joyless future because they have no God. See, if you don't have God, you have nothing. God has promised that the Redeemer will one day come to Zion. That's verse 7. To Zion and deliver his people and his mighty power. We see that in Isaiah. And Paul affirmed that this, at the close of the great discussion and uh, of the future of redemption of the Jewish nation in Romans 11, see, there were some who were captives. The word captivity in verse 7 doesn't refer to the Babylonian captivity. For Jeremiah, Jeremiah made it clear that he would uh, um, that he would end in 70 years, the captivity. The phrase, bring back the captivity, that's in verse 7, if you have your Bible, in verse 7, bring back the captivity, means that God will restore the fortunes to radically change circumstances from bad to very good. The day, when, the day will come when Jesus will return. He will defeat his enemies, cleanse the nation of Israel and establish his righteous kingdom on earth forever, uh, on earth. What a time of rejoicing that will be. You guys remember the song? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Here's the thing. Wow. There's a joyless future for the fool who says there's no God. I like how Israel put it, and the new breeds. I like how you put it. Your presence is heaven to me. Y'all just missed that. Your presence is heaven to me. He says, who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Matchless love and beauty endless worth. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Because you, you are the cup that one won't run dry. Your presence is heaven to me. Here is the thing: God give you a foretaste of what to come. For those of you who choose not to be a fool, God gives you a foretaste of what to come because He says, I am with you. Oh, your presence is heaven to me. The question is for you this afternoon: do you want to be where God is? Do you want to be where God is? Is God's presence heaven to you? Not come to church. Not religion. Is his presence heaven to you? I want to close by bringing it like this. You guys know the story of Christ on the cross with the two thieves. When seeking what we can learn from the thief on the cross, it should be remembered because there is a portrait of wickedness and wisdom next to Jesus. Because one, by the way, they both started mocking Jesus. The the, the two thieves were crucified beside him in Luke 23. They both began their time on the cross by mocking and blaspheming Jesus as did the spectators that was down. Crucify him, crucify him, right? One of the thieves responded in faith to the message of salvation and was taken to paradise that very day. This is what it says. Remember me, because remember this. One thing you guys guys have to put in context. Let me try to make this plain. I'm trying not to get too excited. Jesus was speaking. They can hear what Jesus was saying while Jesus was on the cross, So all the last seven sayings, they were witnessing and they were seeing what's happening with the sky turned dark. dark, They were witnessing all this and one continued to mock Jesus while the other said, hey, slow down here. Remember me when you're in paradise. Remember, and Jesus said to him, today you will be with me. In paradise isn't it remarkable while the excruciating and mind-numbing torment of the cross the son of man had the heart mind and will to pray for others yet it is a miracle that one thief while himself in agony heard the Spirit of God to call on him to repent and accept the forgiveness that God that forgiveness God was just about to provide to the death of Christ. While the disciples were running away from God, this man answered the call, and his sins were forgiven, including the blas- is blasphemy against the Son of God. The other one rejected Jesus. And that is remarkable in his own right. Because he was being tortured on the cross. And what he did, what he did, he literally joined those who are torturing him and Christ to mimic Christ. Isn't that what we do? That's exactly the definition of a fool. The same people that are beating you up, you join them and and what? For what? Well, they're still beating you up. See, he mocked Jesus. Today, you and I are to learn from the saved thief thief on the cross is that we are all sinners in need of a savior. So which thief represents you? Because every time you and I deliberately disobey God's word, we are the fools saying in our hearts, there's no God. You're with me? Every time we reject the counsel of the Holy Spirit, we are the fool that's saying in our hearts, There's no God. Every time we satisfy the flesh in our dealings, we are the fools that say in our hearts, there's no God. Every time a husband treat her, treat his wife, not the way that Christ wants him to, he is the fool that say in his heart, there's no God. Every time a wife does not submit to the godly leadership of her husband, she is the fool that's saying in, his, in her heart, there's no God. Every time a child decides to be disobedient to their parents, they are becoming fools. Little the fools that saying in their hearts, there's no God. Every time we choose to exalt self in the place of Christ, we are the fools that saying in our hearts, there's no God. Don't think that because you're sitting here listening to me or watching me, you may not be a practical atheist in your own right. Because if you keep rejecting God, if you keep rejecting his word, if you keep rejecting the counsel of the Holy Spirit, you are none but a fool that says in their hearts there is no God. But see, I don't, I don't preach bad news. I preach good news That's a gospel. An honest examination is required. Because here's the thing. For you to not be a fool, you have to humble yourself. And acknowledge that you are a sinner in desperate need of God. And repent. And submit and serve God. I promise you, you won't be a fool. See, Shawn Mendes told the girl right. Shawn Mendez was right. He told the girl. Why? She should not be a fool. The devil told you exactly what his plan is for you. John 10, 10 says, the, the thief come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I love the fact, the fact that there's part B. But Jesus says, I've come to give life and more abundantly. To ignore God's plan for your life and choose the devil's plan is utterly foolishness. So don't be a fool by choosing to follow the one who already told you up what he's going to do. He said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to destroy you, and I'm going to steal your joy. But rather, be, be wise by choosing God through Christ Jesus and obey his word. Amen.